Villas Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. Again, we are so fortunate to have the wide array of musical talent here at Villas Grace Church. Once again, put your hands together for everybody who participated this morning. To hear the piano, the, the trumpet being played, and acoustic guitar, it's just truly awesome. And hopefully soon we'll, we'll have a, a drummer. We have a budding drummer at this point. And once he Amen. gets to the point to where he can rock out, he will definitely be doing so. Today we begin a new sermon series. And you know how we do series around here. We're not really one to just have these quick five-week series on a topic we like to go through books of the Bible. Now, there's nothing wrong with having five-week sermon series on topics. We do do that from time to time. But we are going to embark on a new adventure, and that adventure is going to take us through the entire book, verse by verse, of Philippians. Extremely excited. And the overarching title and theme for this series is this, Joyfully Growing in Jesus, joyfully growing in Jesus, as revealed in the book of Philippians. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to be able to gather together. We are so blessed to live in a nation that allows us to do so. Lord, continue to use us, mature us. in such a fashion that we can share you effectively. This is something that we do together. We don't just do it individually. We partner together to share the good news of salvation that is only made possible because of Jesus and his work. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. Does anybody know what an indeterminate grower is? You ever heard that? term before, indeterminate grower. Do you know what that is? See, an indeterminate grower is something that continues to grow until it dies. It doesn't stop growing. Now, some of these growers would include lizards, snakes, amphibians. Some trees never stop growing until they die. And as you see right here, that matches my shirt to some extent, coral. This is actually a picture of somebody's coral reef tank. Now, some of you that know me know that my hobby is to actually keep saltwater reef aquariums. Well, I said aquariums, and I wish, but I hope won't let me have more than one. Because it's like anything else, when you become a junkie, you want as many as you can get your hands on. But it's probably a good thing. But coral are the same way. They never stop growing. And one of the things that I love about growing coral is the fact that they continue to grow. You need to continue to prune the coral. Because if you don't, they will overtake the tank, even though they are beautiful. If you don't clip the coral as they grow, they may shade 
other coral. As you see in this photo here, there's corals that are above other corals. And then if they start shadowing the corals below them, those corals no longer get the light. So you're always pruning and cutting and clipping. But the cool thing with keeping coral, you can glue them on what would be called a frag plug and you can take them to your local fish store and trade them in for store credit. So really, in essence, once you get a tank that's mature, it starts paying for itself as far as maintenance is concerned. But church, we all need to be like this, don't we? Not all of us are. Not all of us are willing but we all need to be like this. We all need to be indeterminate growers. We never want to stop growing. We need to encourage each other to always be growing. And most importantly, we need to always be learning how to better grow in love. And I stress, we always need to be learning how to be better at loving. And this brings us to the title of our sermon this morning. The title is this, Increasing Love. Increasing Love. We're going to be in the book of Philippians as stated before. If you have your Bible Please join with me. There's one underneath the seat in front of you. If not, no worries. We always have the verses on the screen. We're going to be in chapter 1, as stated, starting today, the new sermon series going through the book of Philippians, verse 1 through 11. And what we're going to observe today is this. We're going to observe that our love will increase by getting to know Jesus better. We're going to also observe that our love will increase as we come together and get to know each other better as well. So with that said, let's take a look at our text this morning. Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God in all of my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who begun a good work in you will bring it to a completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. These verses this morning can be summed up into this one sentence, and that sentence is this. Our salvation through Jesus has supplied us with the ability 
to have a vast amount of love for one another. Our salvation through Jesus has supplied us with the ability to have a vast amount of love for one another. Would you agree with this next statement? The only way to finish something is to start. Who here would agree with that statement? The only way to finish something is to actually start. Sometimes when it comes to doing work, getting started is the hardest part, isn't it? Growing up in my household as a young man, my parents always had a rule. Once you start something, you have to finish. Now, I don't care if you don't want to play football next year or you don't want to be part of the band the next year. As long as you committed to the year that you're in now, you have to finish. Church, when God starts something, when He starts something, He finishes every time. He will finish the work that He begun in you. And this is precisely what we see in verses 3 through 8. So, as we have these verses on the screen, do you know what jumps out at me when we just take a look at verses 3 and verse 4? When I just look at these first two verses this morning, something jumps out at me, and what it is is this. It jumps out to me that Paul finds it joy, finds joy in praying for others. This kind of makes us want to rethink how we pray, doesn't it? I'm asking myself, are, are you asking yourself, how do I view prayer? Do I find joy in my prayers for others? What's significant about Paul's joy is actually found directly in verse 5. See, Look where it says, because of your partnership in the gospel. Because of your partnership in the gospel. Because of that, he finds joy in his prayer. Because of whom he is praying for. Because of whom he associates with. Church, this is us. We are to be partners in the gospel. By the end of 2020, we will not open up Villa's Grace Church for membership. We won't. There will be no membership here at Villa's Grace Church. But what we will do is this, and what we're working towards by the end of 2020 is to open up an opportunity for us to partner together in the gospel. Now, will that look a little bit like membership? Yeah, maybe. But at the end of the day, we partner together. See, Paul is especially joyful of his fellow partners, isn't he? That's abundantly clear here from the beginning. But do you know why? He's finding so much joy. See, they've been ministering alongside him, as it says, from the first day until now. That's why. 
When I pray for you, I want to have the same joy. I want to find joy in your ministering to me. I want to find joy in your ministering to others. And we should all seek the same joy as described by Paul. So do you know why my family is here at Villa's Grace Church? Why we moved from over a thousand miles away to be here? It's because of you. And if you don't believe that, you better run and go ask somebody. And while you're asking somebody, don't forget to ask them this as well. What's the only way to finish something? They better say to start. God started something in you. He started something that he is going to finish. Because what does it say? It says, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. So what's that good work that God began in you? Salvation. He started the work of salvation, which leads to righteousness. How do we know that this is true? Well, because it says we will be completed at the day of Jesus Christ. For the record, this has great significance because this is yet another example within the Bible that lets us know, that reassures us that we cannot lose our salvation because God finishes what he starts. And at the day of Jesus Christ, we will be completed. This work will be finished our righteousness is imputed because of what Jesus has done. Re remind me, just, just so I'm not like losing my mind here and, and trying to make the Bible say something that I want it to say. Because there's churches that I could throw a stone to from right here that would tell you that you could lose your salvation. So, so just, just help me, please. Who, whose work is it? Remind me, whose, whose day is it again? The day of, of who? Jesus Christ, right? The day of Jesus Christ is our only hope. Our only hope which is found in His return. So why do you think Paul is reminding us of this hope? Well, look at verse 7. It's in verse 7. See, verse 7 reveals Paul's current earthly circumstance. He's writing from prison. And by saying, I hold you in my heart, and then by following up and saying, for you are all partakers with me in grace, and then by going on to saying, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, do you realize what the apostle Paul is saying? At the start of his letter, he's saying that the defense of his faith in Jesus is the central core of his existence. So what's the central core of yours? Think about that. What is the central core of your existence? When you observe me, 
what do you think the central core of mine is? Think about that. Hold me accountable. Take a shot. Are we defending and confirming the good news to fellow hell-deserving humans? Are we? Are we defending and confirming Jesus as the only hope for humanity? Are we an example to others of our partnership in the gospel? This really has me thinking. It, it really, really does. Because if, if Paul is able to achieve this level of joy despite his current earthly circumstance, his being in prison, if he can maintain his partnership with others, if he can defend and confirm the gospel, all while being locked up, then what can we do with our freedom here? Are we even thinking like that? By the way, it's been revealed that we have an upcoming chili cook-off. It has nothing to do with chili. In fact, I could care less if it's chili. It has nothing to do with chili. But what it does have to do with has everything to do with our partnering together for the sake of the gospel. Take a look again at the middle of verse 7. What does it say? It says, For you are all partakers with me of grace. Grace is a gift. God's grace is sufficient for all. So we should be willing to use chili. We should be willing to use imprisonment even. We should be willing to use any and everything to show others what it's like to partner together for the gospel. And this brings us to our very first point this morning. We are partners in the good news for others to witness. Whether it's getting together over chili or being imprisoned, we are partners in the good news for others to witness. And let's not forget our main point this morning. Our salvation through Jesus has supplied us with the ability to have a vast amount of love for one another. And notice the word ability in there. That goes along with us being learners, continually growing. See, we have the ability to tap into this resource of love that is unlimited. We can grow in that. And that's why we're saying we have the ability to have a vast amount of love for one another. Have you guys ever had a clerk ever mark one of the bills that you gave him or her at the register? Do you know why they do this? Do you have any idea why they do this? No, it's because you look sketchy. Okay, I'm joking, I'm joking. It's, it's really because there's a lot of counterfeit, counterfeiting going on out there, isn't there? So if the, if the mark is brown, the bill is good. If the mark is any other color, guess what? The bill isn't good. So what's the truth indicator in this whole process? It's the U.S. counterfeit detector pin, which you see right here. It's the actual name of the pin. 
the U.S. counterfeit detector pin. Sometimes without the pin, there is no way of telling. Sometimes. Church, what is our truth indicator? What do we use to determine whether or not something is truthful or not? Simple answer. God's word. The B-I-B-L-E. Let's see how Paul encourages us to do that here in verses 9 through 11. As we look at these verses, I'll read them really quick. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. See, the title for our sermon this morning actually derives, it comes from verse 9. Paul's prayer is that our love should increase. He's finding joy in that. Our love should increase as it pertains to knowledge. So what does Paul mean by our knowledge? See, our love should come from what we know about the Bible. Which is why he ends verse 9 by mentioning the word discernment. Basically, he's reminding us that the Bible is our guide. Without an understanding of what the Bible says, we'll be blind to what love really is. Church, we choose to love just like God chose to love us. When we choose to love others, we continue to learn how to love, which will grow our capacity to spread our love to many. So as we observe verse 10 here, I must ask, how do we, as it says, approve what is excellent? How do we approve what is excellent? We approve what is excellent just like a U.S. counterfeit pen approves a bill. I just spoke with Pastor Steve about that, that very thing this week. And one of the things he reminded me of was the Secret Service. Do you know how the Secret Service, which actually rules over, governs over all counterfeiting, do you know one of the ways they can detect a counterfeit bill? One of the ways in which they are trained in detecting a counterfeit bill? By studying the ins and outs of an authentic one. If you know what the real one feels like and looks like, then a fake will be spotted a mile away. And this is tied to our knowledge of the Bible, that word knowledge that we see. Do not let what you hear from up here... I'm going to say that again. Do not let what you hear from up here be your only source of biblical knowledge. If what you hear from up here is your only source of biblical knowledge, you are up creek without a paddle. What's another way to know if a bill is pure and blameless? When you take any amount of currency, any denomination? What's another way in which a clerk might find out if that bill is actually the real deal? Besides the pen, hold that bill up into the light. Does it have a strip going through it? Does it have a watermark? As Mike comes up, 
we need to live our lives like they're being held up to the light. Like they could be held up to the light at any time by anyone. If you and your life were to be held up to the light, would others see that you're authentically increasing in love? Is that what you think others would see? Would they see that you're learning to love better? Would they see the fruit of righteousness, as it says here in the text, which it was mentioned by one commentator that would be better translated by saying the fruit that righteousness produces. See, that righteousness becomes what it becomes because of our saving faith in Jesus. It has everything to do with our salvation. Would they see that you're becoming that fruit? Did you notice how I didn't say become? I didn't say you've become that fruit. I said becoming. We are becoming. We are growing. We are increasing in our capacity to love all because of what we're learning about Jesus. All because of what we're learning about the good news. We have absolutely no idea who's going to walk through that door at any given time. We have no idea sometimes who the Lord is going to bring into our lives as we leave out those doors at any given time. But when they do see us and they could hold a light up to our lives, is this what they see? Now, don't get it twisted and think that our increasing in love is sidestepping certain sins and accepting what social justice is trying to shove down our throats. It's taking what we know about the truth and adapting in such a way that we can share the gospel with any and everybody. This is not about coming here on Sunday morning, putting a nickel in the plate, and getting in your car and driving home. If that's how you view church, this is the wrong place for you. We want to be used by the Lord to love others, but we want to increase and continue to position ourselves to learn how to love. And this brings us to our final and second point this morning. Our love increases by getting to know God's word better. And it's the reason why we can say in 2020, by the end of 2020, we want to go through the 289. We want to go through growing in Christ. We want to learn our spiritual gifts so we can be used by the Lord the most effective way possible to share his good news. We do this together as partners. You don't do this by coming here and listening to what you hear up here and that only. You do this by partnering together. We can reach far more people together than we can individually. So our love increases by getting to know God's word better. And our main point this morning was this. Our salvation through Jesus has supplied us with the ability to have a vast amount of love for one another.
Heavenly Father, use us as a church. Mature us as a body of believers. Help us to mature in an understanding of what it means to partner as Paul has pointed out to us today so we can share the good news, the gospel with hell-deserving sinners because we know the power of the grace that you have given us because we were once and still are, Lord, hell-deserving sinners too. Thank you for what you have done for us on the cross and provided salvation. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.